0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are about to see a story of murder, greed, corruption, violence, exploitation, adultery, and treachery. All those things we all hold near and dear to our hearts.
1: Thank you you are listening to a special edition of the Bromley Buzz podcast. Uh, this time with Darren Day, who is one of the stars of the Chicago musical, which appears at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley between Monday the 22nd and Saturday the 27th of November. And now we welcome Darren.
0: The Churchill Theatre, was, it was the last show I saw before lockdown. My One of my very, very best buddies, Joe Pasquale, was doing Some others Do, haven't. And I went and saw that at, at the Churchill on his opening night, and not long after that was uh, was the lockdown. So, so the Churchill theatre was the last theatre I was in, but as as an audience member, before we went into craziness.
1: So. so, how long have you been back and performing in front of audiences now?
0: So we opened. Um, I think it was yeah, it was the tenth of September. So um, what are we now? So, I mean, I, I guess around about, you know, two and a half months, something like that. Um, and, and I mean, for all of us, it, it's, it, it's amazing to be working again, obviously, and that theatres are up and running again, shows are up and running. But, you know, that opening night, we opened in Glasgow at the King's Theatre, and, and the opening night, when the band struck up, it, it felt really emotional. You know, um, and and I think you know, not just we as a team on Chicago felt it, but the audience felt it. Like, I think we worked out that it was the first show in that theater for 536 days, and obviously, as well as the performers being deprived of their, you know, their work, the audiences, you know, were deprived of seeing shows. And so, like, I, I will never forget the eruption from from the audience. When the band struck up with all that jazz on the opening night, it was, it was like I think it was honestly like no other first night I've ever ever experienced in 28 years of doing musical theatre. Yeah, it was great.
1: Well, welcome back. Uh, from the <laughs> audience point of view, <laughs> it has been marvellous. I went to see six at Churchill recently. Oh uh, By God, you. it was good. Yeah.
0: Was that? Yeah, I've heard amazing things about that show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well deserved. Oh, I sent you, or we had sent you an invitation to read out the intro line from the musical. Uh, did you get that?
0: No. Hold on a second. What will that... What? Uh, okay, let me stick my iPad on. Okay.
1: I, would, um, I guess it would be via email, will it? It would, yeah.
0: Okay, I can do that. The only thing I might have to do, and it just really shows my age. Is put my glasses on. It, I can't get used to it. So basically, I seem to go. Um, my, my sights seem to go during lockdown. So in rehearsals for this, I'd never done. I'd ne- let me put a light on. Maybe that'll be better. Um, I'd never done uh, a show rehearsals as someone who needed glasses. So most days I forgot them, so I couldn't read the script. Um, and since then, I've sat on one pair and trodden on two others. So I'm now down to, I'm now down to, down to this pair. But let me have a look. I'm sure it will be. He, he sent me some questions.
1: Yes, it's actually at the top of the questions. Question one.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah. That shows how good these glasses are, doesn't it? I mean, maybe I need a new... Maybe I should tread on these and get a new pair. Um, yeah, all right. I can do that. Right I then. I really absolutely can't re- I mean, I, I wonder if I could... Um, oh, yeah, actually, I'm going to make it bigger.
1: Yeah. I'm, I've, been, I've been recording this. I'm, I'm quite happy to take out all references to EyeSight, if you'd like.
0: No, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind at all. It's okay. I'll, I'll fly the flags with the glasses wearers. But yeah, okay. Um, oh, it's really interesting, actually. Like it's, it's you know, hearing, hearing a line every single night for for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then but it's not one of yours, as in one of mine, and then having to read really, it. But yeah, okay.
1: As I was wondering, who is actually reading it this time? Because listening to different versions of the show, sometimes it's a man, sometimes it's a woman. So who who has the honour? Yeah,
0: so um, certainly the recordings that I listened to prior to um, rehearsal starting, it was a guy. But in in this show, um, we have um, a, a, a great performer, a lovely girl called Michelle, who walks out so she's you know she walks onto the stage before the band has struck up or anything Um, and she says it um, she's actually understudied to Velma so to sort of you know one of the one of the lead girls Um, and she went on recently she was amazing but yeah so I mean I I probably won't do it in her voice (laughs) do you think I should do it in an American voice I guess I should shouldn't
1: I probably do you think yeah go for it yeah
0: Okay, shall I do it now?
1: Oh yeah, a little pause and then the opening line from the show. Okay. Welcome,
0: ladies and gentlemen. You are about to see a story of murder, greed, corruption, violence, exploitation, adultery and treachery. All those things we all hold near and dear to our hearts. Thank you. <laughs>
1: How was that? Uh, beautiful. Recording stopped. But, uh, oh, it it kind dear. of says it all about the show, doesn't it? it it's, a, it's a spectacular, very powerful thing. And it's just got this whole blend of um, the underbelly of humanity going on in it.
0: It's um, it's it's uh, it it was um, it was it's quite a bucket list sort of tick off show and role for me, um. And there's only one downside with it in the fact that I went to meet with the producers ten years ago, and they said we really like you, Darren, but you just don't look old enough for Billy. So the only downside is that I know I obviously look old enough now, but I in a little bit. In a similar way to um, Joseph, which was my big break at the play, um, and, and without that show and um, Andrew Lloyd Webber giving me that role, I honestly don't think I would have had a career really in this industry. It sort of launched me in a way that nothing, no, certainly no other theatre show could have done at that time. And I remember in 1991, I was at Philip, uh, I was at Jason Donovan's opening night at Joseph's Palladium, and I remember sitting there thinking. Oh, I would love to do this one day but never thinking in a million years that I would and then one year later in 1992 I was at Phil Schofield's opening night and again had the same thought but again you know I mean uh, my mum my failed to recognise me on some days at that point in my life so I mean I was not a known person <laughs> um, and then one year later in 1993 it was, it was me uh, because Andrew Lloyd Webber decided to you know, it had the big star takes over from the big star story, and fortunately for me, he decided to do like the unknown um, guy takes over from the big star, and that's what launched my career. But I remember some years ago being at Martin Kemp's opening night as Billy, and then I can remember being at Marty Pello's opening night as Billy Flynn, and both of those occasions, as I had done at the Palladium with Jason and Philip. I remember sitting there thinking, oh, I'd love to play this role one day. And so it had been a role that I I, I, I really wanted to play. And this industry can be like waiting for a bus. You know, you can wait, you can be at the bus stop for three hours, nothing comes, and then three come at once. And, you know, not so many months ago, I had absolutely nothing in my diary. I bought a diary just before lockdown. The week before lockdown, I bought a car and a diary, none of which I used for about twelve months. <laughs> but but um, I had nothing in, and then suddenly, in the space of ten days, I was offered three shows. One of which was was Chicago, and I I can't I honestly can't tell you how excited I was. And so I mean, I would be feeling incredibly lucky and blessed to be a part of this show at this point in my career, anyway. But I think for this show to be the first one after 18 months out of work and after the pandemic I genuinely not just saying this but I, I genuinely feel so lucky to be a part of it the cast are amazing the band are amazing the whole team are amazing it's a really it's a really special show to be a part of and it's a brilliant plot I didn't realise until rehearsals that it's it's actually a true story it's based on true, mm. real characters so I didn't realise it. the songs are you know the you know, all that jazz as soon as that kicks off, there's just this amazing buzz. Razzle Dazzle is a song that I've actually sung on stage, um, a few times, sort of in a concert version of sort of the you know, West End style show, and um, so they're great songs, they're, it's, it's a great plot, they're brilliant characters, um, and it's a very stylized show, you know. I, I, there's no, there are no scene, I'm sure you know, there are no scene changes, there are no costume changes, the band are on stage, um, but somehow, with the lighting and the mood of the scenes, and it, everything seems like there is a scene change, it's, it's an amazing thing to be a part of, and it's set sort of in a very vaudeville kind of style, and um, yeah, it's just it's just brilliant. Billy Flynn is—it's it, just a great role to play. But as with Roxy, Faye Brooks, who plays Roxy, just beautifully, for for us, Roxy and Billy Flynn, it's a really tough gig. Like it does when you read it on the script, it, it it doesn't. It's like when you get on stage, you realise actually it's a fine line because these two characters are ruthless. It's ironic that Billy's first song is all I care about is love because all he cares about is money and winning. Mm. And so with with characters that are so ruthless, but you've still got to try and get the audience to like them. So it's like on the page, you think, oh, this is just, you know, it's not easy, but, you know, I I can nail this. But then when you actually get on stage, you think, actually, this is a little bit more complex than it looks because you have to find moments where where there's a little bit of charm there, but there's not much charm naturally there with either one of them. But but it's great fun to play. The audiences love it, and you know we have we just have an absolute ball in there every night. And and you know we're in Southampton at the moment. We we it's a three thousand seater. It's virtually sold out every night. I I'm I'm so excited to come to Bromley. I haven't actually performed in Bromley since 2008, so I must have gone well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't wait to get me back but I was there with Hello Dolly um, and I got to work with uh, w- with someone who I admired very much, Anita Dobson um, and it was a really really special tour for me that and so yeah I, it, and, and really you know for, for us on this tour this is what we consider to be our London date so We've all sort of been really, really looking forward to coming to Bromley. And yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I can promise the audience is a really, really great. there.
1: Well, according to the Metro, uh, Chicago is the sexiest musical ever. What do you think of that?
0: Well, I mean, I honestly thought that my sexy days were well over. So, I mean, I think maybe <laughs> the sexiness is left up to the others and I certainly, I mean, I'm in a tuxedo, but there are, you know, let's just say that most most of the other members of the cast are not in much, you know, uh, there's a lot of fish there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it is billed as the sexiest musical and I think it is, it's, it's got a real, it is a, has a real sexy feel to it. Even, I mean, sort of, even the way the band play It's kind of got a sexiness about it, the way that the performers portray the characters. Yeah, it's it's definitely a sexy show to be a part of. And, um, yeah, we're just all having a really good time. And the other great thing with this show is we all just get on really, really well. And and, and that's not always the case on tour. Um, But, yeah, we we really are sort of a, a good team together, and, and we certainly get on very well off stage, as well as on, and I think if you get on well off stage, that really does kind of carry onto stage, and people can feel that, sort of that, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, connection amongst everybody.
1: Now, how many people, uh, including all roles, are on stage at one time, or, you know, how many is in the cast?
0: Yeah, well, and, and do you know that, I mean... Blimey, that's a really good question. I, mean, I should know the answer. To that. I mean, I'd say so. There's six six to I'd say there must be about yeah. There's there's definitely definitely twenty people, twenty plus on stage, plus the band who are on stage. Which obviously that doesn't happen in every show. But a unique thing with this show, with the ensemble, um, is that they're, they're they're not an ensemble in the show. They are all characters. Um, you know, I I can't think of many other shows, if any, where the ensemble all have names and characters, and they all play a key part in the scenes as well as all the dance numbers. Um, so you know, it it feels like, you know, I mean, it's perceived that there are six principal characters: um, as Mary Sunshine, Amos, Billy Flynn, um, Velma, Roxy. Um, and, and of course, Mama Morton, who Sunita plays incredibly well. But it's like everyone's a principal, you know, and so it feels... I think it actually feels like there are probably more people on stage than there actually are, because everyone has a specific role. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of us. Mm. All right, if you could... No fishnet from me, though. Oh,
1: Not no, very... I, I might tempt you on that one, because if you could um randomly change age and gender if you if you could. Um what other role would be your favourite to play? Oh
0: man, that is a brilliant, brilliant question.
1: No, oh, it wasn't uh, mine either. say <laughs> that
0: it again.
1: That wasn't mine either, a friend of mine put me up to that one. Oh, that's a brilliant <laughs> question. And and I do
0: know immediately what it would be, um But it's not, I don't don't think it's particularly a show that, you know, generally speaking, unless you were into musical theatre, I don't think you particularly know it. You may know that it was a a film back in the day, but Joe Gillis and Sunset Boulevard. um, I I went to see Sunset Boulevard. A friend of mine, Don Black, wrote the lyrics. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote the music. And it was on at the Adelphi Theatre in London um, when I um, I was doing Copacabana. Barry Manilow musical at the Prince of Wales and um, Sunset Boulevard was at the Adelphi um, and John Barham, who I've known for many years as well um, was was playing Joe Gillis and I went to see a matinee um, because we had matinees on different days and I just thought it, it was the closest at that point it was the closest to a movie on stage that I'd ever seen and then a year later I was offered to play Joe Gillis, and I'd already signed up to do another show, and I just sort of hoped that I would have the opportunity again, and it it never came along again, and it has definitely always been a regret of mine. But unlike sort of with something like Billy Flynn, or after this I like go into Footloose as the Reverend, you know, I can get away with those roles at the age that I am. But I can, I I mean, I. It, you let's just say the audience would have to be a long, long way away for me to get away with Joe Gillis. You'd have to do it at Wembley Stadium. But, um, but I would have done, you know, back in my sort of 20s, um, even maybe early 30s, I might have got away with it. But I wanted to play Joe Gillis so badly. Yeah.
1: A lot, Great the, question. a lot of the audience will probably be wishing that they were somebody on that stage themselves and they can't act or sing or whatever. So you're already way ahead of the game. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. It's a, good, it's a really good question that, though. But particularly it's like to say if you could change your age, you know, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good question because, yeah, that's the role that... I, you know, mate, there, there are certain roles even now that you think, well, I'd like to do that, and it's maybe still possible. But Joe Gillis is definitely, it's like to have a yearning to play a character but no, you're like <laughs> 25 years too old to do it. It's like that, you know, that's never going to happen. <laughs>
1: you know, but, well, I hope yeah. that by some some means you fulfill that particular dream somehow, even if it's not on a professional stage, but. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm just going back to Chicago for a moment. Uh, sure. Do, do you have a favorite moment or moments in the show?
0: Yeah, um, I, I think for me, I don't know if you I don't know if you know of an entertainer called Joe Longthorn. I don't do. know if you ever yeah. heard of Joe. Um, you know, back in the 80s, he was a huge, huge prime-time star. Um, for my money, he should have been one of the biggest stars we ever produced. And, and, and he, you know, he was for a while, but, um, you know, you know, in my opinion, he just wasn't managed properly. That's what I believe. But um, when I was a teenager, Joe Longthorn was my idol, um, uh, one of my idols, certainly, in the industry. And when I got to meet him, we became friends. And um, I was—I I always felt incredibly privileged to be a mate of Joe's. And when he got poorly, um, he passed away a couple of years ago. When he got poorly, I went and took a, his tour over for him. And um, anyway, um, I was doing summer holiday at the Opera House in Blackpool, and Joe was on the North Pier, and we did a midnight matinee for charity. And he said to me. Let, let's sing Razzle Dazzle and I'd never sung before, I, I knew of it of course. Anyway we sang Razzle Dazzle so, so I'm singing Razzle Dazzle on stage with one of my heroes um, and then uh, when we, I, I was at his funeral and I went and did a concert in his memory at the Joe Longthorn MBE Museum in Blackpool just before rehearsals for this started and I just as soon as I was offered this role, I thought of Joe, because I thought, you know I'm going to be singing Razzle Dazzle every night. I have this amazing memory of us doing that. And I went and did the concert at, the, at his museum in Blackpool, and on the night, his wonderful partner, Jane, went over to there was all like display cabinets with his MBE in and all the various awards he won. And there was a little gold heart variety club of great britain gold heart that he'd been presented with it was in one of the display cabinets and jamie went over and he got it out and he gave it to me and he said i want joe would want you to have this so every single night when i do razzle dazzle i put the the heart into my pocket and um some of joe's fans on that night bought me um joe's favorite aftershave so just before I do Razzle Dazzle every night, I put the gold heart in my pocket, I kiss his picture, and I have a little squirt of his favourite aftershave. So for me, Razzle Dazzle is my magical moment on stage. And I, and I mean, the, you know, I guess of all the ones I do, that's the one the, the audience know best of all. And yeah, so that's my little moment. Yeah.
1: That's a bit, that's a bit of a, a magical insight from my point of view as well, it has to be said. Um, really <laughs> yeah it, it's the kind of detail that just escapes the public a lot of the time so thank you for sharing that well
0: no, that that is true and i mean it, it, and it's become like um you know I, it, there's not been one night and i mean even I, I i had the gold heart in my pocket actually for all of rehearsals as well but that you know there's not one performance i make sure when i pack for the new city that we're in each week you know I make sure I've got the aftershave I make sure I've got his picture um, in a little frame and I make sure I've got the gold heart and I do I do worry that should I forget you know one of them on one night I think I think maybe I wouldn't sing that as well you know as well as I do on that I mean that's very psychological I know but it's sort of you know it's like someone having a little superstition I know many, many performers who have a little superstition and they do a little routine, um, or, you know, a process of some kind for a show or whatever. And so that, that's just, that's my little, little superstition, little process. It's nice. And it just makes me, it just kind of makes me feel nice for want of a better term, you know? Um, and, and without getting too deep, it makes me sort of feel a little bit spiritual at that point. And I kind of do feel a little bit surge of energy when I go on and do that. Because, you know, in a way, I feel like Joe's with me. You know, he was very, very um, encouraging of me in my career. Um, and so, yeah. And I also, just before I walk up the steps to do it, I get a love heart. I kiss it, and I go Razzle Dazzle and Joe, and then I put it back in my pocket. So there you go. Anyone who sees this and then comes to Bromley will know I've just done that before I sing Razzle Dazzle.
1: (laughs) Gracious. Uh, Well, you'll be appearing in Bromley from Monday the 22nd of November to Saturday the 27th at the Churchill yeah. Theatre, and uh, it's not just the UK, I notice you've got some international dates with Ireland and Dubai as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't do Ireland, because I I, I, I I do six months on this, and then in February I leave to do Footloose, um, but I am doing the Dubai, um, the Dubai. Um, section of it at the beginning of the new year so yeah i mean it, yes it is it, it's it's advertised as the international tour and so yeah it's it's it is brilliant to be a part of and i genuinely genuinely can't wait to come to board
1: uh, well i'll ask you to do one more thing before we uh finish up uh, sure. and that is either and zoom isn't ideal for this but um it's what we've got and I'm very happy to have it but um from a song If you'd like to either recite or sing, depending on what you want to do, uh, a line or two, that would be very nice. And after what you've been saying, I think Razzle Dazzle has got to be the choice, hasn't it? Even if you may not have got the heart on you or whatever. No, no, the heart's at the theatre,
0: but I I, I can do this one here. How many sort of
1: lines do you want? Anything you like. It's entirely in your control. You can do the entire song if you want to. I've got all day.
0: All right, okay, I'll do a few lines then. Okay, let's hope I don't pick a key that's too high. <laughs> All right, here we go. Give them the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle Give them a gnat with lots of flash in it and the reaction will be passionate. Give them the old
1: hope. Porcus, porcus, feather How was that? That was brilliant. You've been a stunning interviewee. Thank you so much.
0: Bless you, man. Thank you so much. Well, you've been a stunning interviewer. Thank you. It's lovely to talk to you.